You are listening to Drop Tent Media Network. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast. With Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction. They got to harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like, people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Welcome to the first episode of uh, My Undocumented Ass Podcast. I'm very excited to have my very first guest. Uh, I met this amazing individual through TikTok. They have uh, a great uh, apparel called Adelita's Apparel, where uh, proceeds from the apparel goes to help undocumented people uh, apply for DACA or any other things that they have. Uh, follow them on Instagram, TikTok, and check out Adelita's Apparel. And without further ado, uh, let's talk to the amazing Jax Pena. Jax Pena uh, is my first guest for my new podcast, Amer- uh, My Undocumented Ass Podcast. So new, I don't even know the title of it yet. That's how new <laughs> it is. Uh, they are the co-creator of Adelita's Apparel. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. And thank you so much. Again, we had a this, we had a little bit of mis- miscommunication this morning with the time. I'm in Philly. They are. Where do you want to tell us where you're? LA. Are? You're in LA. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i thought so when i said 10 i didn't specify hey i meant easter because i still don't know the e and the p and you know <laughs> so thank you for hopping out of bed at 7 a.m over there <laughs> it's okay what uh so what would your day look like if i hadn't woken you up like would you be getting ready to make some some apparel right now well i usually do t- um tiktoks and answer emails because in the mornings we usually have people like hey i've I put the wrong address. I did this. So we fix all of the orders in the morning. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's nothing like major that I was going to do. No, I appreciate it. Let, let's start there. Like, um, cause that's actually how I got to know about you and your work was through TikTok, and we got to see each other's stuff. I love the, you know, the, the target one that you have where you're like, Hey guys, they sell passports at target <laughs> <laughs> for any undocumented folk. <laughs> It was just like a little like uh, ornament. One. The ornament. <laughs> yeah, I was I was showing my dad that t- like before I put it, I was like, oh, look, dad. And my dad was like, you should put it on TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I should maybe because my, my parents know that I joke a lot about it. Because yeah. um, b- before I started doing a lot of undocumented TikToks, my sister would tell me like, hey, are you sure? I'm like, I mean, we send our stuff to to immigration. I'm pretty sure they know. And then my parents started like i i talked to my parents about the whole algorithm thing and how the numbers worked yeah so now when i post tiktoks they're like oh, okay but how's it doing now, it doing now? <laughs> so it's it's super cool to me that they're like involved as well that's awesome that's uh that is uh the complete opposite of what's happening in my family by the way <laughs> which is why like i'm sitting here a little bit stunned and almost in tears at the fact that you have your entire family being like you know be safe like every for every undocumented family is like be safe you know but are you sure my family personally ran for the hills like <laughs> once i started doing stand-up comedy um because i've been doing stand-up comedy that's my first thing uh mm-hmm. i did it i started doing it uh because i was undocumented because i was like well i can't go to college at 18 i couldn't get like a legal job and when i'm like my girlfriends are like well you're funny you should be a comedian they pay cash and I'm like, they do pay cash. So that's why I started doing it. Cause I was like, yo, so my first comedy career was like all like jokes about Uber and stuff. But then five years ago, I really started changing. Like, yo, no, I want to talk about being undocumented. You know, I have some great jokes about it that I never even told. 
And once that started rolling, yo, my family was like, tu ta loco. Uh, I don't know, que te ta pasando, you know, what's happening with you. And like, I've been completely like shunned out. Like they, they don't follow me on any social media. They don't talk to me because they find me as a liability. Mm. You know, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that's what hurts so much. And that's what's so beautiful about like your family embracing, you know, that like, okay, you know, you know, you're talking about it and they are supporting you. That's amazing. Yeah, I think the difference is that my parents sort of got used to me talking about being undocumented. I mean, my mom will like she has a small store, like a 99 cent store. <laughs> and like she will tell anybody like, oh, yeah, they, they, they're undocumented. They have their own job. Like she's super proud. And I love it. But it's also like, mom, maybe not everybody. See? <laughs> because I think the difference is that we're online. So like people don't really get our address. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. as the, and you, you actually show up in the place. So maybe that might be a little bit more dangerous to them. That's true. But. Because for me, I, I only get scared when my mom does it because I'm like, mom, they know where you're at every single day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, they don't yeah. know where I'm at, but they know where you're at. But it's also, we don't also tell her not to. We just we just tell her, like, hey, you know, just be careful of the people you're telling them to because there are bad people. But Yeah, yeah I know. I've, I've been counting some of those on TikTok that, that'll be like, call ICE. And I'm just like, all right, buddy. Like, you know, relax. Yeah. That, that's scary too we actually don't get that many comments like that which is interesting to me but thankfully it's always been really good people in our comments that's nice that's very good tell me like um a little bit about like so you know because this this podcast i wanted people to like kind of try and humanize us a little bit more and be like look these are the things that i went to this is where what happened and this is because you know for us, it's kind of hard to explain to people that it's not always undocumented. It's like undocumented, underdocumented, like you got status, you lose it again. So tell us a little bit like about your family, like where your parents were born and then kind of like, like tell me a little bit about your parents. Let's start there. Yeah. So my parents, well, we were all born in Tepatitlan, Jalisco in Mexico. Okay. And we came with a visa. So we went, we didn't cross the border. Like, you know, we came here legally, Yeah. which yeah. is also kind of a trouble thing with other people who I don't know if you have the same problem where you meet somebody and they find out that you came with a visa and then they're like oh but um yeah it yeah, doesn't it, mean it, that you're rich <laughs> actually I had to find I it took me a long time because I came in for like a very traumatic situation so it took me a while to realize that I was lucky enough to come with a visa because my father was well off it took me a little bit to realize that that there is a little you know, it's the one time where we can feel like, like, oh my god, I don't mean to be bougie, but I came on a plane. You know what I mean? But you don't want to be like that. Yeah, I get yeah, that. I get that hate a little bit too, because my stepdad, um, he's from Durango, and mm -hmm. he's walked here like four times, and you know, like that's that's tough. Like, I feel like that's tough. You know? Yeah, my dad came here. I I don't know how many. I think it was like three times crossing the border. Um, the first time he came here to be able to um save up money because my mom was pregnant with my sister so i'm the middle child okay and so in, in in the tradition or at least in their beliefs is that if you're gonna have a kid you need to have a house already to get yeah. married and all of that so my dad came here to be able to save up money to buy the house and then he came back um and i think he came back two more times not exactly sure why right. and then the last time we came so we came with them all but we also travel like in Mexico. We work. We live with my two aunts, 
not sure if you know who they are, but they're the two ones who help us um, on the shop too. So they help us make the beanies and the bucket hats. Yeah. So we've always been together. That I think that's also why we're always so close. That's beautiful. It's always been all of us and my grandma too. Uh, yeah we, i love that i'm sorry i'm thinking like the whole coco clan right now just making shoes oh yeah which i like i don't mean to be like that you got the you got the, the uncles the aunts you got the family the mom the, the sisters i love yeah. it and that's how the shop started we had everybody together like my dad's the one who helps us pick up the shirts and then my mom is the one who introduced us to the uh, screen person my tias make the bucket hats. My grandma used to be our model. Like she passed away <laughs> in 2020, yes. but she used to be our model beautiful, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, so that was beautiful. That's actually <laughs> when I saw some of the first designs and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's we've always been super close together. So we all came here too, like together as well. And um, when we first got here, we were going like from an uncle's house to another uncle's house until we finally were able to um, stay at my other grandma so we had one grandma who had a has a big house here in LA mm -hmm. and she she came here when my parents were kids with the idea that one day she would bring all of them here to yeah. the US so she bought this house that would fit all of us so it was like I, I believe it was um, four four families in the yeah. house wow. and yeah it was a lot of us <laughs> everybody had children yeah yeah it was, it was, it was that, I think that was like the toughest years. Yeah. Especially because everyone knew we were undocumented and it's sad to say, but a lot of our cousins would look down on us and even my, like our tias and uncles, cause you're not, they're like, oh, you're the undocumented family. Yeah. And everybody doesn't see that we're going to go far cause we're undocumented. So on top of that, they already don't see much on you Yeah. or in you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's sucks. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's it's weird because I've had family who has status, and even though we were undocumented together, they already feel superior to me. They're like, "Why haven't you done it?" I'm like, "Listen, white lady, like, why are you talking to me like a white lady? You were undocumented. You know yeah. that it's hard. So why are you asking me why haven't I done it yet?" Like, <laughs> yeah, know? I have like, a yeah, the, the same way. She uh she just got her citizenship like maybe three years ago, and. Um, my grandma who bought that house also passed away mm -hmm. so you know how like when someone passes away the, the if they're fixing somebody like their their papers are gone yeah so, oh yeah my mom uh, well my grandma was fixing my mom yeah and my mom was trying to have someone like continue it yeah because it isn't to uh to continue and nobody wanted to and my tia was my my mom was like okay don't try to continue mine then just continue the one because she still has two siblings in mexico yeah and one of them is going blind so she was like try to at least help him and and my mom um did what she could she found a lawyer and then my dad was like well you don't even have citizenship to do it so they don't talk right now i don't think <laughs> also like come on like you you were just in the same boat as we were like yeah. not so long so why are you waving that paper That's and it's ugly the, yeah honestly like it is uh, this is the kind of story you could only talk to other undocumented people about because mm -hmm. it's like it's exactly where like so my grandmother right she got married uh like in dr or whatever and then she separated from this guy and they never got divorced right like so he came to america and then we came here undocumented or whatever and like they didn't speak or whatever so he somehow became a citizen so then because they were still married and they never got divorced, my grandma was like, 
put in the papers, baby. So, so that's how she got hers. And then my grandma went first to give like my aunt. So like that side of the family got to become citizens first. And then we aged out of it. So then you see, it's like, it's like because they were doing it to one, one family got to progress and move a lot quicker than the other. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's horrible. And it's also like people don't realize like, how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Yes. It's, it's so crazy to me because like, well, it's, it's also to me what, what also is a little bit interesting is the way people change and the differences in the mentality. Like we try, we travel a lot and every year we try to go somewhere. Like we go to big, we don't go far, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did the same thing. Like, I went to yeah. Amish country all the time. Like <laughs> I'm in Philly and we go like 30 minutes away to the Amish country. Where they don't have cell phones. They don't have cameras. They don't have nothing. Yeah. They don't have cops <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were trying to go somewhere and we're like, oh, but is there a lot of immigration? Because we can travel, but my parents can't because they don't have DACA and they can't uh. get DACA. So we um we were asking we have a truck a tío who's a trucker and we're like hey do you know if there's a lot of immigration he's like oh but it doesn't matter it's like no, they don't do anything to you and it's like but you used to be undocumented too like don't you remember how it was especially because yeah. it was even back then so i i'm thinking it, it was worse back then but a lot of family members don't really i think it's also they're not in the situation anymore so they don't yeah. take a lot of other things into consideration yeah yeah, that fear is only like when you're on the inside. It is, I guess it is. It is once you step there, like, oh, I'm a citizen, I can vote now. You kind of forget that. Like, uh, yeah, that's kind of like I have, I have status now. Like, I'm, I'm okay for three years, but then after that, it's when the trouble comes again. You know, I got mm-hmm. three more years before more trouble comes, and it's like that's why I'm using my voice now to be so loud for people who, who can't. And even if I do, for some miraculous reason, finally get to become a citizen and they don't deport me because in three years, it's all like, you know, what's, uh, where are we at? Um, I still want to be loud for my people. You know what I mean? Because it's it's scary. And I, I I don't forget easily. You know? Yeah. I don't forget easily. Some are rencorosos. Yeah. So so tell me, like, what were your what was your mom and dad doing like uh like what was your dad like doing in Mexico? Like you know when when he first got the house, like what was he working at? Like what's his trade? Um, he had a um, he upholsters. So he, his dad actually when my his dad passed away when my dad was fifteen. So mm. he had like a shop. So he passed it down to my sh- to my dad. So when my dad was fifteen, he had to already be the boss of everybody else. What? Yeah, they they've always my dad and my mom have always had to like be parents when they were children. Yeah. My mom, since her mom was over here, my mom had to feed and take care of all her siblings as well when she was like, I th- she was when she was younger, she was like seven already doing all of that. Yeah. So my dad was doing upholstery and he still does it now. It does, he doesn't own his own shop. Right. Wow, man. Really just workers from a young age. That's amazing. Yeah. And like how old were you finally when like when you came here with your family for like the last time? I was five. I was five when I came here to Disneyland. Disneyland. That's, I've heard that story before. That yeah, people I, I, crossing the border say we're just going to Disneyland and they just don't go back. Yeah, that's us. I really heard that before. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's it's, awesome. I went last week too, and last week to Disneyland, and I was like. Do you remember when we used to say that we were going to come here just to Disneyland? <laughs> we never came. <laughs> you actually never went to you were much older. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. No, we uh, yeah, and DR, it was just funny because like when we left with our visa, we left with like a hell of a lot of luggage for just like like a one month visa. They were like, you guys are just going for a month with like 20 luggage. Like, yep, just for a month. You know, we just need all of it. We need the cat. We need the dishwasher. We need all of it for the month. <laughs> That's how we did it. And uh, you, uh, so you went to school out in LA? Yeah. So I went to school in 28th street school. For, well, I moved schools a lot, but I started at 28th street elementary, okay. which okay. was rough. Um, I had my first grade teacher was really abusive towards me. So. This was in the nineties. So like, what, 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 I'm getting a picture of like, cause how old are you? Like I'm 33. I'm 23. Oh my gosh. You're, you're, you're a baby undocumented. Like I'm a veteran. <laughs> yeah no because this is this is interesting because like you know i grew up like in new york city undocumented in the like 90s early 2000s so like so you this was what for you my god this wasn't even that long ago i think they were like early 2000s still wow okay so this was so you probably came after 9 11 yeah oh i think i think i believe in 2003 yeah, yeah. Oh my God, because I was here before 9/11. I mean, literally, they didn't even really check my my papers coming yeah. in. It was it was a different era. It was a different era of immigration. Like, you know, I have family coming from DR and coming back. Like, so 2003, you're in LA, and what was what was that like? It was. I mean, we didn't go out too much. We usually just stayed at home. Like, I would just go to school and home, and weekends we would go out. But because the house was where we ended up living in for a while was my grandma so it was just so full yeah like it was it was 26 kids probably i believe yeah in one house it was not fun no. um they all hated each other like we all hated each other yeah um so for me it was just school but school was also not fun for me especially because i was already getting an abusive teachers um how were they how were they mean to you oh if you, were, if you don't mind telling like well, just little parts of it was I was getting very uh, verbally abused part of it by her. Um, and then she would like always single me out, put me everywhere, like and encourage students to like yell at me and make fun of me, too. It, it was bad. Like was this I, a white lady, Mexican, lady. Mexican lady. Yeah, uh, she she was she was bad. It, it um we ended up having like a court thing because of it i should have tried to get paper from that but yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't know you know if, if, yeah, I was like to even to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um she ended up i believe she got fired or she resigned before they fired her though so it was maybe just a year of that i am so sorry that's horrible <laughs> that's okay. I, I i mean i didn't have that bad i had a few teachers because you know the accent and stuff like that yeah. i had some white teachers that were kind of like mean to me and like you know, kind of picked on me, but it wasn't that bad. My God. No, I, I had white teachers who were like that. And I was like, you're, <laughs> you don't phase me. Yeah. But to get it from like a Mexican lady, you're like, okay, this is really hurting yeah, now. I, it was, it was tough. Cause that, that's how I ended up developing like, um, like anxiety and social anxiety because she would like, she wouldn't know I couldn't speak English. So she would make me go read English books in front of the whole class on purpose. It was, it was bad too. It was, yeah. No, see, that's the status, not status thing that, <laughs> Yeah, that she was using that superiority over you. That's yeah, and that's... I'm just like, bro, I'm a first grader. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I just got here. <laughs> you mad at me? I just got here. <laughs> yeah, one time, because the students knew. Yeah. Um, so on like Monday, she would make me like talk to her in English about what I did on the weekend, and I didn't know how to say fly yet. So one of the kids thought it was funny to tell me to say bitch, and I was like, yeah, I went to the bitch. <laughs> 
and I got in trouble and I was like, well, like <laughs> the kid told me. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was the worst year of my life. But after that, I I've had fairly okay um, with teachers, but yeah, most of it was basically like having to deal with family at home or okay. cousins at home who were like, well, because also I was very this way. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just xenophobia, but then like the homophobia, and I, it was. Yeah, no, I I, I uh yeah my uh, I I don't. My nickname in high school was uh, was the F word that they used for for gay people because uh, I'm not gay, but I was also always very sensitive. And I mean, look at the way I'm sitting now. It's actually the way I sit in like in elementary school, and people were like, just because of this. So like, I I got I got beat up so much for people thinking I was gay that like I can never be mean to anybody who actually was because I'm like I'm getting it and I'm not. You know what I mean? Imagine people who are how terrible they're getting it. Yeah. So at a young age, you were already very. I mean, two thousand. Also, oh, this is I forget. You're twenty three. So, you're you. This is another thing too. When you grow up in America, like I did, you're kind of in a different vibration than like older people who grew up like in the country. So, so you are two thousand and three. It's a little bit more open, a little bit more accepted. You're being you, but it's still very backwards at home. Is that where yeah. I'm getting at? At home and at school too. And at school too, but the, but there was a level yeah. of where, where you felt like, like I, at a much younger age that you you kind of were already figuring out who you were. Yeah, I I think for me it was mostly because I was always like by myself. Yeah. Like I couldn't hang out with my cousins. Like if we did, I would be singled out. Yeah. And if I was at school, I I moved schools like almost every other year. So I was like not caring about making friends because yeah. I knew I was gonna move anyway. This was so, cause, just because situations moving from uncle to aunt to all that stuff, right? Um, y- yes and no. So it was part of the part of that was that, but then also, um, my parents decided at some point that they wanted to switch me to a Catholic school because they're the better schools, which was even worse for me because I'm just like I have to wear dresses and I like wearing dresses. Like I, I just mentally and physically cannot wear a dress um or a skirt which my mom understood that like this was a problem when i was little so in mexico you know how you have to wear those the skirt um skirt uh uniforms too yeah. my mom used to go to school and fight them until they like had to allow me not to to wear pants um, in mexico yeah my parents have always been really helpful towards me too. i mean I, think, I don't think i didn't I, I thought a pta meeting in mexico would have been like a like a standoff you know what i mean just yeah, I, <laughs> a I, real standoff i still had to wear skirts yeah. but i would go i would go home and cut my skirts up every single day my dad would have to sell them every single day because i like i i would be absolutely distraught yeah from the moment i got out of school till i got home i would cut them up and yeah but like they tried you know like i i think about it now i'm just like you know i at least i have parents who understood because i feel like in another situation i would they would probably force me to wear them even yeah. after school yeah. but yeah. so when my mom decided to move us to a catholic school that was another problem for me because i was like i already knew what was going to happen yeah um but my mom fought and here in, uh, in in the United States, I think it just made no sense to be like, okay, you have to wear skirt. Yeah. So after some schools were like, no, you have to wear them, and my mom was like, okay, we're not interested. But I ended up going to schools where I didn't need to. Okay. Yeah, which was <laughs> nice for me. But because of that, 
I ended up going to some schools that were not well funded. So because they were not well funded, they would close in a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thinking like, okay, finally I'll stay in one school. I moved into like when I was in the Catholic schools, I moved into three different ones. Yeah. And one each year. So I was like, not worth my time. Yeah. I went to one Catholic school when I first like, uh, like God came to America like for good. And that was probably like the worst school I've ever been to. Worse than the hood schools that I went to. Cause at least in the hood schools, like, I don't know, uh, there were, well, there were more people of color and the white and the Christian. Actually, now that I think about it, the, actually, I got to think about it. My, my tormentor was this white kid named Austin who literally would beat me up every day because of my accent. At one time, he flipped me in the courtyard. Like, in the, can you call it courtyard? I thought it was like a prison yard almost like. And he flipped me onto, like, a broken shard of glass that actually got stabbed in my back, and I had to go to the hospital and get it taken out. So it's like, that's the kind of abuse I got for not speaking. And the same thing actually happened to me where, like, uh, somebody was picking on me, and I asked the kid. I wasn't speaking English yet. I asked the kid. I was like, how do you say that kid is picking on me? And he goes, fuck you, bitch. And I was like, I know bitch is a curse. So I was like, you know what? I don't trust you. I'm not going to go say that. So I sat down. I was like, I'm going to compl- I'm going to learn English and then complain about people because I didn't trust that kid. Yeah, you can't trust kids. Like as much as we would like to say that they're all innocent. Some of them no. are just incredibly terrible. Yeah. But yeah, I went to like since it's L.A., most of my Catholic schools were mostly um, Hispanics or Latinos, okay. um, except one. I went to one that was mostly Belizean. Which was, which, which was from Belize. Yeah, most most kids were like, for their parents from Belize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really like, they would travel all to Belize and they would tell me about it and I was like, oh, that's cool. So they sort of knew Spanish. Like I had one teacher who lived in Belize and used to teach Spanish in Belize, and she was the coolest one. I had another one who was another xenophobic teacher, but I I never listened to her like. I got in trouble and I was like, okay, tell my parents. Like, my parents don't speak English, so y'all can't even talk. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a like, translator. So I'll translate wrong. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, that's how I used to do my own and my uncle. I'm like, she's saying I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that. So, uh, so did you wind up like going to college and everything? Yes. Okay, because that's usually that, that was where I, my high school thing was like completely undocumented, so I couldn't. Move to the next phase. So you finished high school, and then where where do you go to college? I went to uh, Mount St. Mary's University, so an all-women's college. Were you were you someone who stitched that a college is giving free tuition to undocumented? What was that about? Um, they don't do that. They barely even know what AB 540 is. So I was like, girl, you're wrong. And you're, um, my belief was that she thought that every Latino student she knew who got a full ride was um, undocumented. That's what I believe, because she deleted it. Yeah. It wrong. It was fully wrong. Yeah. Um, my school, I was the only student who was openly undocumented, so when they needed to help an undocumented student out, I would be talked to so that I could help them understand how to help the student. They would tell our students that if you're undocumented, you can still fill out the FAFSA. Yeah. So I know for a fact that that's not true. <laughs> what she was saying, I was like, that's, I went to that school. I know for a fact that they don't they don't help us. Yeah. So I, There's no special privileges. I mean, they, you yeah, have to go through they, the same process everybody else does. Fill out a FAFSA, mm-hmm. talk about how much your parents make, 
see where they can help you. It's no special yeah, but, privilege. But here we, we are not actually supposed to do the FAFSA. There's another one that's for undocumented students, but they would not know about that. They would tell them to straight up do FAFSA. I'm like, right. you can't do that. Okay. So it, it's, it's not a bad school. It's just they're not equipped for undocumented students, nor will they be giving full rights to undocumented students of since course. they don't know how to help us. Right. So mm-hmm. how were you able to go to school? Was it mostly like you had to work your way through and everything? My parents, thankfully, helped us pay school. So my dad um, paid all of it for my sister, my me, and then now he's doing my brother. Wow. So he paid all of our undergrad. Yeah, it's I don't know how he does it. I know like um, for my sister, I remember. Well, I think also for me, he would go on Wednesdays like he would um, on his break time for work. He would go and go to the Junkins or um, or where they uh, sell cars like for bids. Yeah, and he would fix them up and sell them to get extra money to be able to pay for a college. And when he couldn't pay for a tuition, he has a friend who would help him like give him the money up front to pay for it and then my dad would pay him back what that's why wow. your, your dad found every single way to get you kids to college yeah my my dad has always been like look you can you can go to college and not do anything with it but as long as you have your degree and if, he also told us like we don't have to go he's like if you want if you don't want to go you're gonna have to work but you don't i'm not gonna force you to go to college wow what a what a fair and even individual yeah. I hate that. No, just <laughs> sorry. Just like I, I grew up without like parents who loved me. So every time I hear like, wait a minute, because like, yo, like my parents literally like they 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 ran for the hills when they came here and they they left me with aunts and uncles. So they did their own thing, trying to figure out their own situation. So I actually like I feel I, f- I feel like I'm in love. I'm in love with you because like I love your family. and The fact you've had the support, like it's felt very empty for me being undocumented because it's had to be me every single step of the way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dealing with it till I was 18, then being completely undocumented then trying to get married then that falling apart. And so every step of the way has been me. So it's 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 very beautiful that you've had like, you know, y- and, you know, you've had the help from your dad, you know, because the places where, you know, the system fails you because you're undocumented. There's your dad being like, no, nah, I got you for school. I got you for this. You know, like, that's yeah. beautiful. It's 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 nice because I. I don't know how it would be if i would be by myself having to deal with it yeah i think it's the difference is that you have some like i have someone i could just wake up to and be like hey you know this happened to me like and they understand it because they went through it too and i also feel like my my parents and they they had to not be children when they were young like they already went through the whole like being a parent the first time with their with their own siblings that i think it's helped them be better parents now with us where they're like you know what you can make your own decisions and I don't have to micromanage you every single moment like my mom sometimes like will in the way that she's like no te vas a salir oh debes que estar aquí hasta las ocho yeah. but you know that's our moms yeah, yeah yeah but like even when we were little we used to help my dad like work so I feel like he kind of just knows that we're gonna do something with whatever he does give us yeah wow man that's I, I love it I love this um we're probably gonna do like another five minutes because we got uh another guest but let me um let me ask you real quick what did you graduate with uh political science and philosophy oh look at you that's that's what you can you got you got it up there i was like see it i can see it <laughs> <You've been educated. laughs> and uh, tell me like a little bit just real quick like about like you know what was the idea behind the apparel and you know you know what you plan to do with it and stuff like that and and where we can find it Yes, yeah, so I 
I'm the co-owner of Adelitas Apparel, and you can find us at adelitasapparel.com or TikTok, anywhere, Adelitas Apparel. And the reason why we started it is that we wanted to have something that represents us. There's so much about Latinos, and it's just conchas and fidacalo, which is fine, but there's not that many things that empower undocumented people. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create something that not just empowers us, but something that also gives back to us. So we started a DACA fund where we are able to pay people's DACA, and we that we open and close that applications and we're currently doing the no there are no borders on the moon campaign with that we have with our friend cesar who self-deported in mm. september like two three years ago so with that we are helping raise funds to support the immigrants who were returned or deported to mexico right and the, that's a, we do a lot of mutual aid campaigns because we really believe that if you have a brand and you have a space you can uplift others by helping people because right now we're in a pandemic there's not a lot of money yeah. so a lot of people can't pay for all of this stuff so it's helped us give back to our people and not just say that we're helping the community but actually creating and uplifting each other that's that's amazing um i'm, I'm really inspired by that i, I wherever <laughs> this you. goes you know I'm, I'm gonna try and start a patreon and do that stuff but I, and i also want to make sure that funds get you know um allocated to to, to help others i personally like uh had a really gross feeling recently where i got to do a show where i got to speak about being undocumented and they pay me like a gross amount of money to talk about being undocumented and it felt it felt really dirty making money off this problem does that does that make like that just felt so i i donated to a few things a few churches and stuff like that i was like this i don't know how some people can feel rich and feel okay about it because i got yeah. paid probably a decent amount and i felt disgusting you know what i mean i was like who am i so it's really great that you're you're, you're helping out too i can't i can't keep i can't keep it to myself <laughs> yeah it's it's hard because like even just having a different life than what you used to be living yeah. it's hard to realize like oh wow like I'm I'm much better off than other people, but it's hard to then look at yourself and not want to help out. Yeah, and yeah. It's it's rough, especially like even just now, like when you're able to buy yourself something expensive, and you're yeah. like, oh, I can't tell my parents this because they're like, porque estás gastando dinero así. But yeah. it's it's also nice being able to know that you got way farther than a lot of people told you you could. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. I'm I'm a, yeah. I I see that too, and that's why like. When I when I pass through a door, I always like to go back, look back, and hold the door. Like, all right, who's coming through too, man? I, I can't just be me in here, you know. That's yeah. that's how I am too. Uh, I think where are we at now, Jesse? I think, yeah, I think we're we gotta yeah we gotta get into the next conversation. <laughs> but um, seriously, thank you so much for getting up and doing this interview with me. And we can find you on TikTok, both Adelita's Apparel and what's your personal one? Jack. so at Z-I-R-I-P-E-N-A. It's my name, but since my name's at City, I just put the at instead of the A-T on it. Got so it's just my name, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. I'm going I'm to keep checking out your stuff on TikTok and Instagram. And I'll, this episode will probably come out in a, in a few weeks. We're still going to edit and everything. But before it does, I'll send you everything. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. I actually really had so much fun talking to you. I wish I had more time, but I, we'll, we'll yeah. probably get you back on. Actually, I'm, hopefully one day we can do this live. And oh, yeah. uh, oh, it'd be great to have you on in L.A. and stuff like that. That'd be awesome. Oh, uh, yes. I Let me know whenever. I'm always free. 
Awesome, awesome. All right, well, take care of yourself. And God, give your, give your family a big hug for me, by the way. Yes. <laughs> right, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you for checking out another episode of my Undocumented Ass Podcast. Remember to check out other podcasts on Drop Tent Media Network. And if you want to support my Undocumented Ass Podcast, check us out on Patreon. Thank you so much. Y hasta la próxima vez. Te veo. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.